I just got stuck in a bogey train. What is up, everybody? Good evening. Uh, it is February 28th. I almost said February 29th. Actually, uh, March 1st. It's oh, March, March 1st, 1st when you're listening release. to it. We're recording yes. on February 28th uh, or February 29th, depending on, you know, whatever. Uh, episode 22 of the Bogey Train. We have made it past our our legal year. It is season uh, or episode one of season two because we only go twenty one episode seasons here. Ugh, um, that's not accurate. That is, well, unofficially, episode twenty two. We don't you got do me, seasons. You got me, Jengs. Uh, across the way, we got Nick from a different studio this week, not from his normal office. He is uh, an undisclosed location. Some might say he's on a couch somewhere. Um, we're not sure. Um, where. Yeah. Um, wow. I had a thought coming to my mind when you were doing that intro and uh, it's gone now. So yeah. that's that's the kind of start we're off to right here. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, oh. I'm just struggling over here getting comfortable. That's yeah. So I've my... seen you adjust a couple times. Uh, it's all right. We're trying to figure out what's the best setup here. Hopefully yeah. we'll have it within the hour. Yeah. Nick is live from an undisclosed location. I'm li- actually live. If you could see the video, you'd see. But I'm live from outside Hogwarts Castle. Uh, my virtual background for this episode is outside of Hogwarts. Oh, that's virtual? Uh, I thought you were actually there. Oh, yeah, I'm Dang. actually there. But Dang. that's kind of uh, if you don't know Hogwarts, it's the, the castle in Harry Potter. That's a great book series, great film series. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, Shout out J.K. Rowling. Yep. Hopefully, I think Noah J. should be joining us here sometime soon. He's never on time. Uh no, but yeah, we'll we were we were waiting actually. for him to start. We were like just kind of sitting here on the video call, waiting, and we were just you know what we're we're sick of it, and that's you know he kind of has the live mindset. You know those guys they got their guaranteed money, and now it's just it doesn't really matter how they play. And Noah's like it doesn't matter if he's on time, doesn't matter if he shows up to the podcast. I mean, this guy, no wonder he's such a big fan of live. He is. He's currently acting like the third dragon in that, you know, that dragon meme where there's the two fierce strong dragons and the one with the silly face. That's what he's acting like right now. Like me and Nick are carrying the heavy load. We're doing the work, getting everything set up. And he just shows up 15 minutes late and, you know. Like he's, he's acting like he's on a podcast that doesn't have cuts, you know, like, yeah, like it doesn't matter if he misses the cut every week. Yeah. And, uh, also, apologies. I don't know. I don't know if, it's, if apology is warranted, but two days late recording. I uh, had some stuff going on. Actually, Sunday night when we usually record, uh, the wife and I had uh, some friends from Nevada in, and actually they were they were leaving town. So they we had uh, fed them dinner before they before we had to take them to the airport. So that took most of the night, but um, that was what came up. And then last night. Uh, we were going to do it, but, uh, Jengs and I, we just had to go to the simulator and grind for a couple hours. Uh, yeah, we so... hit a, a few hundred balls last night. Uh, we'll talk yeah. about that later in the episode. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, kind of some swing fix going on. 
Basically, I was testing uh, testing all of that, uh, all the hours that I've spent watching golf swing content on YouTube, and uh, we'll see if it uh, it's if it is time wasted, or if it um, I don't know might help anyone uh, ever. So yeah, well, uh, we'll just have to wait and see whenever it finally gets nice, probably in July. Uh, I guess we'll start out this week. We'll just go down the list. We'll start with the PGA. Professional yeah, Golfers Association. There's no way there's no way Noah has anything worthwhile to say about the Honda Classic anyway. I don't think any no. of us probably have something worthwhile to say about the Honda Classic. You but. know, that was gonna be my situation. And then on Sunday, I was like, you know what? I'll turn it on. Uh so I watched the last seven, eight holes or so. But not the playoff. You watched the last and seven, eight holes. I turned it off. Watch the playoff, the playoff which then, is a bit of a. I don't know if that if that says something about the quality of the event. I, I, I don't know. Inter- yeah. Take from that what you will. I I think we've just been a little bit spoiled. You know, the last couple of weeks or last few weeks, we've had some elevated events. We had the WM Phoenix Open. We had Riviera. Uh, even before that, we had. Uh, AT&T, the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Like, we've been spoiled with some really good events this How was last that one month, a good month event? and a half. I don't know. It's just, it's kind of one of the marquee events on the calendar, I feel like. Everyone Come talks on. about Pebble Beach. But we've been spoiled, and then we just get thrown this this poop stain, the Honda Classic, with a field that's about as strong as a wet paper bag. Honestly, um, Jack deserves so much better. I think He does. I think I, the, did I hear the new designated... Uh, what, uh, removing it, moving it. I think I heard they're moving oh. it to Palm beach. It is in Palm beach right now. Oh, well then I don't know. Um, so yeah, I, I think the new designated event schedule single-handedly, uh, got rid of the longest standing, um, title sponsor on the PGA tour, which is a little bit sad. So this was the last year of the Honda classic. Um, I was watching the broadcast and, next year. uh, Jack Nicholas was talking about it. I don't think they have a title sponsor yet. They're hoping to keep the event at PGA National. Um, but Jack is really hoping that uh, it can find a better spot on the calendar that I might draw. I mean, this the field was absolutely putrid, uh, especially it, given that the Honda Classic used to be a pretty uh, like a premier event in the late winter, like almost getting into early spring. Uh, kicking off the Florida swing. Uh, it was just a shame to see the field that bad, but there's really nothing like when you have designated events, four out of five weeks, um, it's pretty, pretty obvious. You're not going to get any big names showing up to the Honda classic. If it's not yeah. one of the designated events. Yeah. Uh, I think I heard they're in talks to possibly, like you said, move it to a, a better place on the calendar, maybe even get it, to be a, a designated event next week or next year. Um, okay. How about this? I've been hearing, I've been hearing a couple takes on the designated events. So some people think that they, that the designated events should rotate each year so that it's not the same events every year and which, you know, that could possibly keep title sponsors happy and things like that. Um, I've also seen some people saying that, no, like uh, the, the events that are designated events, that should just not change so that each event has its own character and so that there's context and continuity so that 
you know, from one year to the next, you know, winning the RBC heritage <laughs> means the same thing. So what are your like quick reactions to that sort of back and forth? I'm kind of in the middle of it. Like I definitely think there are some events that should stay a designated event year in and year out. Something like the, the WM Phoenix open, uh, the players, just, you know, the big events every year that always draw the big names. I think those should stay, but stuff like the RBC heritage. I mean, I don't want to see that be a designated event every year. I just, I would get so sick of that. I don't even like that tournament that much anyway, except for when Wesley Bryan wins. But, uh, like, and it's the week after the Masters. Like, nobody wants, you spend four days really hyping up golf, the first major of the year. Nobody wants to go from watching the beauty of Augusta to watching the dump that is Harbor. Okay, that's, that's, that's harsh. Harbor Town's a good course. But it, to be honest, that, that one, maybe you could throw the Travelers in there. It's not as bad, but I don't know. That one... Like, it feels like a lot of the designated events were already great events that already attracted really good fields. But this one, being the week right after the Masters, it's usually not a super strong field. It just felt... It just felt completely... um, What's the word? Artificial. Elevating uh, the RBC Heritage to designated status. It just kind of felt like out of nowhere. Especially when there there are other events you could argue that, um, you know, just naturally would draw a better field anyway. So yeah, um, I, I'm I'm probably kind of with you, which is maybe just fence sitting. But um, like events like Phoenix, events like Bay Hill, obviously the players, um, those got to be always you know designated going forward because they're awesome events. But I mean, it's hard to see the Honda become what it became and also to see you know events like the rbc heritage be a designated event is just a little bit strange yeah uh and the wells fargo is a designated event this year as well isn't it that one that's one i'd like to that's, see stay ah, designated that's over i don't know i kind of feel like that's an overrated event maybe i just don't like quill hollow that much i'm not sure yeah, i see i love it um i think the two that i would probably move for designated events are probably uh, the Travelers and the RBC, like even something like the Genesis Scottish Open would be a good one. I thought uh, I thought that already was designated. It's not designated. Not payout wise, it doesn't seem like. Oh, OK. Maybe. Um, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's going to get a great field anyway. Yeah, because it always does. And especially yeah. now that it's co-sanctioned. Yeah, maybe I'd say maybe if they could find a better place for. um, For the Honda you replace those two with the Honda and the Genesis Scottish open. And I think then you're designating the probably the biggest events on tour. Like, I feel like the Honda, I could see farmers. I could see farmers being designated. Um, I don't know. It just feels like it's very front loaded, uh, but with not a lot going on in the summer, the height of major season. Um, So I think you got to make the three M you know, designated it's, it has a, a storied history. Uh, it's one of the greatest events in the history of golf. Um, I think it's a no brainer that the three M open should be a designated event. Honestly, and I was shocked and flabbergasted and quite frankly offended that it wasn't just like the RBC heritage. It's the week after a major. So, and the travelers is usually the week after the U S open too. Yeah. 
so a little recap on the Honda Classic here. Like we said, we didn't watch a whole lot of it. Nick only watched, like you said, seven or eight holes. I watched the playoff hole. Um, the field was just, it wasn't all that great. Kind of looking at like the top five, top 10, not a lot of big names there. Shane Lowry finishing top five. Uh, really a lot of the big names that did play did not fare that well. Uh, people like Webb Simpson finishing at the bottom. Okay. He uh, hasn't played well in a long time. though. Matt Kuchar missing the cut. I had uh, him on my DraftKings fantasy. Hayden Buckley missing the cut. Our local I had him Slovakian, on my DraftKings fantasy. Our local Slovakian Rory missing the cut. Um Harry Higgs. I mean, these are guys that It was a tough week for the DraftKings. Yeah, it was it was tough. Uh we might have to get you added to our group so then that could be another topic of discussion each week. We might we'll have, have to see to. what happens. We might have to. Uh but the final results in a playoff, Chris Kirk takes down Eric Cole. Eric Cole, kind of a lesser-known guy. I believe he's a 34-year-old rookie. Very interesting um, story. He's got yeah. to been just like a mini-tour guy. Um, ended up getting some sort of status after Corn Ferry, apparently. Um, but really was nails. Was I, I mean, I was, very, I was very impressed watching him play. Um, he... It took him until the sixth, up until through the first fifteen holes, he was uh, he didn't miss a single putt from twenty feet and in. It was a crazy day on the greens. Uh, early in the round, it kind of kept him in it, um, but I mean, on the back nine, he hit a lot of good shots. Um, he had a one shot lead with I think four holes left, and. Uh, he pulled it left in the bunker on 15 and then uh, tried to get really cute with it and left it in the bunker. Uh, so then they were tied and then Chris Kirk makes a rock solid birdie on 16 uh, to take the lead by one. Um, they both tied 17 and then on 18, uh, they both hit the fairway and Kirk. So Kirk with a one shot lead and he uh, takes he had like 260 to the hole, roughly. He takes three wood, and it's going right at the flag. And it's like, bro, what are you doing taking that line? And it lands just short, bounces off the rocks, almost hits the floating Honda. Yeah, it in goes the middle through the, of the windshield. Lake. Almost hits the floating Honda. And then uh, Eric Cole somehow doesn't get up and down from just left of the green. Hits a terrible chip, chips it over the green. Because he should have made birdie and won it outright, because Kirk ended mm -hmm. up making bogey. Um, goes to a playoff. Uh, they play the 18th hole again. Kirk misses his drive right. Cole just smashes one down the fairway. Uh, so uh, Chris Kirk has to lay up. Uh, Cole goes for the green and just nukes, I think it's five wood. So through the green in the back bunker is a tough leave. And uh, uh, Chris Kirk just stuffs one to like eight inches. So he's just a tap-in birdie. Cole uh, hits a pr decent bunker shot to like 10 feet and then like horseshoe lips it. To yeah, it was, a, then. it was a brutal lip out. It was a great putt. Thought it was going to drop. Uh, like you said, just hits the hole. Doesn't drop for him. He loses mm -hmm. in the playoff. Yeah. Uh, and these days, um, you kind of see the trend on tour is a lot of the guys are uh, more and more often hitting fades. But it mm -hmm. was interesting to see these two guys are basically only hitting draws. Yeah. So, like, coming down the stretch, there's a lot of back right hole locations, and they were just trying to – squeeze their draw into it somehow it was kind of it's kind of fun to see but shout out eric yeah. cole yeah I shout guess. out eric cole 
uh, getting a sponsor's exemption into the uh, Arnold Palmer this week now? I, I believe he should have gotten invited anyway. No, that would have been the Puerto Rico because top 10 uh, would have gotten um, you into that. But, but yeah, obviously, shout out Chris Kirk as well. First win yeah. in eight years, I think. And, uh, you know, all that coming um, after his, um, you know, dealing with alcoholism and becoming sober. And um, he was sort of on the brink for a while. So shout out him kind of getting his life back together and his golf game, clearly. So. Yeah, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth there. It's Chris Kirk's fifth win on tour, his first since 2015. Uh, really hasn't been relevant since 2015 he was part of the president's cup uh lost in the quarterfinals of the 2016 match play and really since then has kind of fallen off the face of the earth and even back in 2015 you know he won the 2014 deutsche bank championship won the 2015 colonial tournament uh and then like you said kind of dealt with some alcohol uh, alcoholism some depression took a leave of absence and uh came back and got his first win in eight years. So huge shout out, uh, Chris Kirk. Yeah, kind of forgot. Honestly, I honestly kind of forgot about the guy until they saw him in contention this week. Yeah, and just the fact that you mentioned, I mean, he was on the President's Cup team. That was like it's kind of hard to forget or easy to forget, like how um, you know he was clearly. I mean, he was one of the top ten, twelve uh, American players at one point. And yeah, even mentioning, um, yeah, so he had a really good run uh, late twenty fourteen, and a lot of people were disappointed when he wasn't a captain's pick for the 2014 Ryder Cup team. So the fact that he was on a uh, President's Cup team and could have just as easily the year before been on the uh, the Ryder Cup team is, um, you're right, kind of speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. It's easy to forget. Um, he, was a, he was a really good player on tour, but he looks like he's finding some of that form and uh, super happy for the guy. Yeah, you mentioned 2014. I just kind of went back and looked at him. Uh, the four majors 2014, he finished T20 at the Masters, T28 at the Open, or the U.S. Open, and then T19 at the Open Championship. Uh, and then last year, finished T5 at the the PGA. I didn't know a, that. O- kind of an overshadowed story with Mito Pereira and Justin Thomas and all of that. But yeah, T5 at the PGA last year, never even realized yeah, I could have uh, never, I could have never told you that. Yeah, but really, really cool to see Christian Kirk back in the winner's circle, or Chris Kirk. Just, yeah, yeah Chris Kirk. Say, Christian Kirk is, that, is uh, isn't he a wide receiver player? for Jacksonville? Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of some other news from the PGA this week. We obviously can't go an episode without talking about Ricky Fowler. Did not play this week in the Honda. Still moved up two spots. Uh, moved up to number seventy in the world for doing absolutely nothing which is just nice. He's only 20 spots away from that top 50 to get into the Masters. He's playing uh, the players in a couple weeks. Is he playing Bay Hill this week? Of course. Yep. So he's, he's actually got, a featured group. Is he? Yep. So he's got a couple events coming up uh, here the next couple weeks to try and get some world ranking points. And then if he does not get enough, I'm assuming he'll probably play the Valero Texas Open the week before the masters to try and get that last ditch effort, but it would be really nice to see Ricky jump into that top 50 and uh, make it into the masters after last year's hiatus. Uh, we, uh, yeah, we are going to see what happens. It's getting down to the wire. Um, I'm definitely nervous about it. You'd hate to go a third straight year without Ricky at Augusta. And especially since he's sort of getting close yeah, he's kind of so, getting that game back. Um, uh, kind so of some other 
Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say he's got through the match play, uh, which is at the end of March, to uh, get in the top 50 in the world ranking. And if not, then he'll probably have to play Valero and try to do a winning-in situation. He is very close now, being at number 70, to actually qualifying for the match play, isn't he? As he stands right now, he, he would he would already be in. He would already, already be in. in. Yeah, oh, just because the live guys. there's there's live guys and yep. yeah, there's usually a few that elect not to play and yep. um so that could so, be huge for Ricky. Yeah, um, I don't think he has to move up any farther to get into the match play. I think he'd be in at this point. Yeah. So let's let's kind of pray for Ricky here the next few weeks. Hope he gets some nice finishes, maybe wins the players again. Uh, sorry, you can probably hear my fiance laughing in the background. She's watching some TV. Uh, <laughs> kind of some other some other PGA news this week. There is an announcement. They are getting rid of. I can't remember what the tournament's called now. The uh, um, yeah the the coed one they did at the yep. end of last year. Yep. Gosh, I I can't even think of it. But they are rebranding it as the Grant Thornton Invitational or Grant Thornton Open, Grant Thornton Tournament. I don't know. Uh, but it's a coed one man, one woman team event. Uh, already some people have announced teams that are going to be yeah. playing this fall. All I know is Ricky and Jess Corda. Do I yeah, know? That's the uh, one I can think of. I don't know if there's any more. I know. I think they're both Grant Thornton sponsors. So that's yeah. probably why, but so pretty exciting. You know, I've, they play the one event in Europe every year. That's it's not a team event, but it's an actual co-ed event. Yeah. And yeah. I always think they're very interesting. So I'm kind of excited for that one. Will I watch it? Probably not, but I'm at least excited for it. Like it sounds like, isn't cool it like, idea. isn't it like sometime in December? Uh, I think it's like October, November, but I will. Oh, okay. I'll I was gonna say, de- fact check. December is basically like the height of my focus on NFL and probably the hardest time to get me to watch golf is December, November, December. It is uh, December at Tiburon Golf Course in. Yeah. So. Florida. Okay. Yeah. 16 PGA players, event. 16 LPGA players. I think there's kind of a decent purse. Field, yeah. Decent uh, purse uh, involved. 16 million, did I say? Or 4 million. $4 million purse. Uh, so pretty solid. Like you said, Ricky and Jess Corda have already announced that they're going to pair together and play in that. Um, Nelly Corda is playing with Tony Finau. That's another one that was announced. Ooh. ooh. Uh, it was the QBE shootout. That's what it was called. Yeah. Okay. QBE shootout. So that was kind of in the news this week. We'll probably get some more about that here in the next, you know, few weeks, few months that we can talk about more. But as of right now, just kind of the announcement of the tournament and some early teams. Okay. Last thing from the PGA tour, I think, um, did you see? Did you see uh, the outfit from Eric Cole? Uh, yes, but I don't remember it. So the joggers and then the Footjoy sneakers. It was uh, definitely a look. I was just curious to get your uh, initial take. You know, it. You were right. It definitely was a look. Um, but that's. It kind of reminds me of something that I would wear, so it's like not nothing crazy. Yeah, it it's kind just, of gives I, me like uh, like Bill Haas vibes, or uh, I'm trying, I'm looking like a young Keegan Bradley vibe almost is what he looks like. Like but, those those shoes, I 
I just never thought I would see the day when I saw a PGA Tour player, let alone a PGA Tour player in contention, wearing those Foot Joy shoes. I mean, yeah, it's basically the Foot Joy version of the Nike Air Monarchs, but way worse. I don't know. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. But yeah, a little cool story about Eric Cole too. Proposed to his uh, girlfriend at the time on the 18th tee at Pebble Beach. Okay. So that's pretty cool. And I guess one more thing about the PGA. Uh, it was kind of the week of the unknowns. Like a lot of Monday qualifier guys made the mm-hmm. cut. Uh, there was one guy who chipped in on the, the 18th on Saturday morning to actually make the cut, which was really cool. Um, and I was just ro- scrolling down the leaderboard, and I saw this guy, Pearson Cootie. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there's, he was actually in the news today on uh, the Monday qualifier Twitter account. Okay. So he, he went to the Monday qualifier for, I don't remember if it was the Puerto Rico open or a different upcoming event, but shot like 81 and obviously did not make it. Then went to a different qualifier for a corn Ferry tour event in Peru the next day and shot 63 and won that qualifier. So it's just kind of like a golf is a funny game. Shoots 81 one day, follows it up with a 63 the next day. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. Just kind of a, a little shout out to him, but also uh shout out, uh, Tyler Duncan. Um, I think that's the first name. Yep. Tyler Duncan. He had his first yep. top 10 on tour since he won the RSM, I think like four years ago. Yep. <laughs> so. Uh, finished third solo third. Yeah. Uh, almost Ryan, pulled out for Eagle on the last hole of the event, but Ryan Gerard too. Uh, talking about sponsor or not sponsor. Monday qualifier. Monday qualifier. Uh, Very impressive. Yeah. Monday, Monday cues into the tournament. Uh, shoots 69, 63, the first two days makes the cut obviously. And then follows it up with a 71, 67 to finish solo fourth as a Monday qualifier. That's which is really cool. Uh, bogeyed the last hole. Not that it really would have done anything for him, but uh, really cool from from Ryan Gerard. This all week. right, I'm I'm definitely concerned about the possibility of going down the leaderboard for the Honda Classic. So. No, we're not. We're done there. I'm closing the tab. We're moving on. Uh, some big news this week. Obviously, the rival of the PGA Tour, Live Golf, had their first event, and I will I would cue the somber music. Uh, because I have a confession. Um, I watched more live golf this weekend than I did PGA tour golf. Ooh. Uh, live my happened this weekend. I went out of my way. I downloaded the CW app. I was going to say, yeah, it's not I, like it just pops up on YouTube. Like it did last year either. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta seek it out. I, I had it playing. I watched a few holes at school Came home, watched some holes on Saturday, watched some holes on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, that's, I didn't really watch like the end of the tournament. I didn't pay attention too much. Uh, all I know about Live Mayakoba, Charles Howell won uh, by, yep. I believe, four or five shots. And yeah, he went, he went crazy on Sunday. His I did team, see that. Are they the Crushers? The Crushers. He's on Bryson's team. Yep. Yeah. And they won by five shots or something like that didn't they or nine shots i don't um, know how many they won by i just know um yeah they won but yeah our live guy's currently not here i doubt he even watched it anyway so uh 
just kind basically of his favorite thing about the league is that it's streamed on YouTube. So yeah, I don't, and it doesn't I don't do know that, that even longer. we can, I don't even know that we can really call him the live guy anymore. No, but. I might, I might become the live guy. Oh gosh. Uh, just kind of some, some random tidbits about the live tournament. You know, I don't understand metrics for like viewership or anything like that, but just kind of some, some numbers I saw on Twitter uh, one of the nights they carried an overnight 0.2 rating. Uh, I saw that they had more, or for context, it was outdrew by World's Funniest Animals, which is another CW show. Um, in total, I think I saw that the PGA Tour really like tripled or quadrupled the viewership of the live tournament no more than that was it more um, than that look like so for the final round coverage live on the cw got uh two hundred ninety-one thousand, uh and the honda classic final round uh, got 2.38 mil so about so 10, 10 times, times more yeah uh and two hundred ninety thousand is about how many people sit around the 16th green at the wm phoenix open and get choicey pants so it really, I mean, it is interesting because the Honda Classic, I mean, you you won't find a field worse than that. No, and so, especially this year with it being in the middle of designated events, uh, and, it was a very weak field. Right, and obviously, you know, Liv set up their schedule intentionally, right? The, Liv yeah. wasn't going to do any of their events up against the designated events. Um, you know, they, they sought out all the weakest fields for the tour, the weakest weeks and uh, put their event up against it. But um, basically the live response to that, when they see that is like, yeah, well, you're only looking at, you know, United States numbers and live. It has a global audience and all this stuff. So I don't really know how you track that. The fact, because it's on so many different networks in so many different countries, but um, I mean, I'm assuming it looks like that the, the interest within the States um, is not looking great. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I feel like that's kind of one of the markets they're probably targeting the most because the majority of viewers do come from the United States when it comes to uh, a lot of sports. It is one of the most populous countries around the world. So to only draw 290,000 or 250,000 for the final round is, you know, probably not what they had drawn up in their plans for this year on viewership so far. But it is Mayakoba. People point out Mayakoba kind of stinks anyway. It didn't draw a big crowd on the PGA Tour. It didn't draw a big crowd on the Live Tour. Yeah, um, but, I mean, the field is the same every tournament yeah. for Live. So, yeah. I mean, if, if Mayakoba was one of the strongest fields of the year on tour I'm, and not in, like, October or November, you know, I'm sure it would, you know, get normal numbers. But, yeah, it's just... I mean, especially when it's at like a resort place like that, I feel like the amount of on-course gallery you can have is is going to be inherently limited. But yeah, and there just there wasn't a I whole lot know. of people from what I saw. Like even the marquee group did not have a lot of people following it. Like maybe yeah. two or three people deep around the greens. Like it just it wasn't wasn't a huge gallery there mm -hmm. watching the event. And like, so, I get that, like, you know, it's more global and there are, you know, golf fans from around the world, but any given country that you go to, let alone Australia, that event's going to be 
rocking, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, some of those places, like, I mean, like Jeddah, like, and I think Jeddah's the final event this year, not it Miami. Is. It is. So, yeah. I mean, just watching Jeddah, Saudi Arabia last year, it's like, there's no one there. No. Like, the average person in Saudi Arabia isn't like, I need to go to like, to this tournament because it's, it's, I don't know. It's just odd. It's a little bit dystopian, frankly. Yeah. Um, I did see Cam Smith drinking beer out of a shoe, which is a little bit gross. Oh, um, he's doing a good old shoey. Uh, yes. So a little Footjoy premiere action. What also really hurt Liv this week is that their big names did not play well. Uh, like Cam's, I don't think Cam Smith, Dustin Johnson, Brooks, Bryson, I don't think any of them were in the top 10. Hey, Bryson, solid T24. So that's right, right. Yeah, basically 50%. an absolute mid. That'd be a miscut on tour, T24. Uh, I mean, being halfway down the field. That is true. But not, not really anything special to live. Like, uh, I mean, shout out Charles Howell, I guess, if you can even shout him out. He won. Cool. I mean, I don't but, know. Does it say more about live in a negative sense or does it say something about Chucky three sticks in a positive sense? The way yeah, this week I don't know. Went? I mean, he hasn't, he's, he's been on tour basically since the dawn of the dinosaurs and has won three times. Yeah. And then he just goes, won a couple of years ago for the first time in like 15 years. Yeah. And then goes to live and then wins like almost immediately. I don't know how many events he played last year. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But, but I mean, so I don't know because. It's, it's just another guy who left the tour because his career was kind of over. And it's right. It's basically like you look at it and interpret it however you want to, because someone who's like a PGA tour stand can look at it and say, you see, that just shows like the lack of quality of the tour is that, you know, someone like this who never ever wins on the PGA tour goes over and all of a sudden wins by four or a live stand, you know, might say like, see, like jumping from the PGA tour to live reinvigorated his career and, like yeah. all of this sort of stuff. And this is a breakthrough victory and it's, I don't know. So whatever you yeah. look at it through the lens that you want to. And one thing you really wouldn't have noticed cause you didn't watch it. Uh, they really are not playing up the individual stuff this year. Uh, kind of the, the press release that came from live was the, the, the crushers won the team. And then it was kind of like subtext. Charles Howell wins individual. So they're really backing the team concept this year, it seems like, more than the individual. Uh, so that'll be interesting that's, to see that's how that interesting. plays out. That's interesting. So, yeah. So, um, and I haven't seen any of the specifics on that. I've just also, yeah, seen the general sense of, like, Liv is really leaning into the team thing this year. I mean, uh, you know, they changed some of their requirements, too, because, I mean, last year, all the players were just wearing whatever outfit, like, they basically just, most of them looked like, you know, they would wear the same type of thing that they would wear for a PGA tour event when they were back on the tour. But this year it's like team uniforms. Like it looks, yeah. you know, a lot like college golf. Like you've got team uniforms and um, I mean, that's part of their contracts now this year that the players have to wear their team apparel. Um, it's part of the reason why, uh Adidas moved on from Sergio and DJ and uh, you know, that they're really leaning into the team thing and trying to build these franchises. And, um, and I mean, I guess it makes sense from their perspective because it's what makes them stand out the team aspect. So um, 
But how would you feel about it if you were a player? Uh, I mean, just, I, I don't even know. Like, the, you go over there, really kind of, like, we assume for the money, uh, just kind of an escape. And then to kind of just be overshadowed by this whole team thing. Like, a lot of them, I feel like, embrace it. But, you know, I... I don't, I don't really know. Like, I guess the sense for you is like, imagine college golf. And then if your, your college SID put out an article and it was like the Eagles win UMAC championship. And then in the subtext, it's Nick Mahold wins individual UMAC title. Like that would make that, I mean, that sounds about right. I mean, um, I mean, especially because if it was like actually the conference title rather than any any like other individual event, um, that's when you care that much more about your team winning because it's like moving on to the national tournament. Yeah. But if it's like any other event, I mean, I don't know. It's basically like it's really interesting. Like, I don't I, know. I, I, feel I like almost just... wish Liv would maybe like and maybe they will down the road, like expand the season, make it a little bit, do more events and then do some of the events, some of the events, just individual and some yeah. just team. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Cause it seems like a bit much like every event, but I, I, I feel I mean, like it just downplays like the significance of Charles Howell actually winning. Like everyone's talking, everyone's talking bit. about the crushers winning, even though Charles Howell carried them guy shot. 14, 15 under wins individual by five shots. And they're talking about how they won by nine. Like, yeah, people are giving Bryson DeChambeau credit where the guy shot T24 and he's just garbage at golf. Like it. And it's, I'm looking at it from an F1 perspective too, where, you know, if, if Max Verstappen wins a race and it's like, Oh, Red Bull wins the 2023 Bahrain Grand Prix, even though, Red Bull didn't win. Max Verstappen won the race, but you're giving the credit to mm-hmm. the team. There um, is one thing, and it's basically like that article from The Onion, like the worst person you know just made a good point sort of situation. Like in the presser after the round, Bryson was talking about how even though he was nowhere like in the tournament, he was you know down 15, 16 shots behind the the team aspect you know did create an environment where you know it didn't really matter where you were on the leaderboard personally like that final round each shot each yeah. stroke mattered and so there is something to that but just the fact that uh it was Bryson who made the point uh now yeah, I want to disagree just for fun I I'd almost you know, just a personal change is if they want to make this like a team event and they're trying to replicate maybe a Formula One, rather than doing team scores, they should almost go to like a, like a point system. So like Charles Howell won, so he gets, you know, 20 points. And then that's 20 points towards their team score rather than totaling up like the team totals. I don't know. It's, we don't talk about live on this podcast anyway. Uh, yeah, we clearly do. You, you kind of segued into a couple of things when you were talking about the embracing the team atmosphere. You talked about the the team outfits, kind of one of the teams that was really the most talked about this week was the Majestics, Ian Poulter's team. They played awful. Uh, 
They did play awful, uh, but they had some some cool fits. Again, another the worst person you know just made a good point situation. I saw some of the pictures flying around of the Majestics, like out fire, absolute yeah. fire. They were looking like, really good. Like those, I mean, you can imagine the range goes if they're wearing all pink, they look like ladies' bowling shirts. Yeah. But like the Majestics, they are walking out there with some heat. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if Ian Poulter doesn't end up slapping too much of his like plaid on there, I mean, no, that was that those were slick. Like that, yeah. I, I would wear that. There were there were definitely some boring ones. Um the four aces like just really wore all white. Like it was kind of just boring. Yeah, I saw um, um in in the like total like live like the photo of with all the teams included, like two of the teams were standing right next to each other and wearing the exact same outfit. It was like yeah. white shirt, black shorts. It was team smash and then the other team right next to him don't even it might have been crushers. I'm not sure. It was probably but like, four aces. So it looked like there were eight guys of the same team right next to each other. It's like, okay, even if there's two teams wearing the same outfit, just don't put them right next to each other. And then Cam Smith's team, like, they're all wearing the same shirt, and then Cam Smith is just wearing, like, it's like he's colorblind. Yeah. Yeah, he's got, like, different shades on. and Yeah. He's, like, still trying to uphold his, like, original Penguin uh, sponsorship, it looks like. And then also, yeah, it's it's odd. And I, I guess you know, segueing into sponsorships. How did our just, how did our cliques do? The garbage. Martin Keimer didn't play. He didn't. No, he withdrew with like a back injury or something the week day before the tournament and was replaced. Um. So yeah, uh, you mentioned kind of some some sponsorships. Sergio and DJ dropped by Adidas. Uh Bryson and his his Cobra one. I feel like there's a few more that I can't think of off the top of my head that I'm missing. So but. I just went to the uh, Live website because I'm going to do the team quiz soon. Um, so my computer is it's a it needs to be updated. It's a few years behind, but sometimes on websites it'll it'll say this is not a secure website, and I say advance, and it says proceed to LiveGolf.com, and then in parentheses unsafe. I was like, seems about right. Very unsafe. Um, all right, so which team do I – should I just do that now or do we have more live points to get to? I, I don't think we have more live points to really get to. Cleeks uh, finished dead last this week to answer your question. Okay, the they shot dead last. They shot a total team score of four over par. Um, Graham McDowell, four under. Richard Bland, one over. Bernd Wiesberger, 11 over. And uh, – the guy that replaced Martin Keimer shot 12 over on the week. Which was who? Uh, some L. Cantor. I don't know what his name is. Oh, Lori Cantor. Okay. Lori Cantor. So how, so how do they just have guys on standby? Like, uh, I'm assuming they have some sort of substitutes, like just in case someone can't go. I, fi- I thought Lori Cantor had an actual team. Like he seems like, the, I mean, obviously he's not a big name, but I thought he would actually have a team. I don't know. Anyway. Um, Four aces finished second behind the crushers. Torque GC finishes in the bronze medal position. You know what? Uh, I want to do this in a different browser so I can actually see the pictures. Uh, let's uh, go. Do you want me to wait to talk about my results until you're done? Or I guess we have Pat Perez on there. I don't know what you want to say about Pat Perez, but. Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, you see his little sound bite um, at the beginning of the week. 
Um, he was just like, cause I think, uh, back when he was on the PGA tour, uh, he had some success at Mayakoba. He might've won there. Uh, but so he was asked like, you know, how does it feel to be back? And he just had this little like quote with the smug, like the smuggest like look on his face. Just like, I'm happy that we're here and the tour's not. Yeah. Even though like the last three years like, he's missed the cut there. Like, and then he's like, end quote. And then, um, so I just, I thought I would bring this up. Um, it was just a, a, a tweet from Claire Rogers with who she was. I always forget who she's with golf.com. She's been popping up a lot on my Twitter feed and I, I oh, do yeah. like her tweet. She has, some good she has, she has fire content. That's for sure. But it just says what her, her caption was, what a difference a year makes. So this is Pat Perez when he was on the golf subpar podcast talking about live last year um, before he ended up going. So it's going to get some players. But they're going to be very disappointed in who they get. They're going to get some older players like my age that are looking for a check, don't really care about playing the tour anymore, looking for a check and going, you know what? Give me my 30, 40, or whatever the hell it is, and I'll, you know, I'll uh, I'll do what I need for you. And that's it. I think that's he could have done this in such a different way. He could have gone, you know what? I've made a fortune on the PJ Tour. God bless the PJ Tour for taking care of me and giving me a place to play in this and that. But I, he's talking about Phil now he's critiquing yep. how Phil went about it last year. Yep. I feel like I want to go down this other route to kind of close out my career. Thank you, everybody. Uh, it's been phenomenal, but you know what? I, I thank you, Jay and everybody else and Tim Fincham and all these other guys for the PGA tour. But I think I'm going to go down this route. Goodbye. About a no, this is this week. Doing the kickoff here in Mexico. I love it because we're here and the tour's not. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> I, think the, while, I think the SGL. While wearing a hat that says Golf Saudi on it. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if some of these guys are starting to like hate the decision they made. I mean, it really makes like, you wonder. It he kind of has a different tone there. Like he doesn't sound the same. Like it sounds like it's rehearsed or something that's like scripted for him to say that. Like, well, yeah, and it just shows like how much a lot of these guys have, like, like for example, when like before Brooks had gone, when it was like a, um, when it was a thing, when it was back in the beginning. Brooks kind of had the quote of like, yeah, you know, some guys are going to go, you know, there, there's a price for everything. Uh, some guys are going to sell out. That's basically just how it goes. And then like three weeks later, it's Brooks. Like just the way these guys flip flopped on everything they were saying. And then, and then, yeah, just what a difference a year makes. Like he's critiquing Phil for not just saying, you know, I appreciate all the tours done for me. I move on. And now, you know, Pat Perez is turning around and just like, taking shots at the tour and it's like nobody cares about pat perez like nobody yeah you made it halfway through your point and then i kind of got distracted noah joy has joined us uh he was making some funny faces as he came in noah welcome to the show you're an hour late we're probably gonna have to file some probationary measures here hello but- Dude, we're, we're we're moving towards some sort of sanctioning some sort yeah. of ban i mean this Guys. is this it's is just, ridiculous. It's just the time zone. I don't know what you guys don't understand. That would make you two hours late then, if you really thought it was a time zone. Because we said eight o'clock. Well, I don't. So you would have been here an hour you, early. 
I don't know if you really know how time zones work because because it's ten o'clock your time. So if you really, if it was really a time zone deal, you'd be two hours late. <laughs> yeah, you're bad. That's well, that's kind of the old traditionalist view of how time zones work. That's uh, not really how they work. Okay. All, all I'll say, Noah, is you haven't missed anything. Uh, we talked about PGA Tour, which you haven't watched. Uh, we talked about Live, which you probably didn't watch because it's not on YouTube. Uh, right now, we're talking about Pat Perez. And, Nick, you mentioned the Pat Perez. I saw a tweet from Live Golf Insider, uh, Live Golf Twitter account. Oh, gosh. This has to page. have been a troll. I saw what you're uh, talking about. I don't know if it is. But it said, Pat Perez is a top 10 golfer in the world right now. Nobody can deny that. Glad that he's playing at Live Golf so everyone can see his talent. We're talking about a guy who last year on Live Golf played like hot dog hoop. No, it's got to be a troll. There's just no way anyone is. I mean, I'm thinking even the Live Golf tracker account is a little bit self-aware and knows that it's, I mean, Come on. Come on. Jinx. Yeah. Jinx. What's up, Noah? Did you hear the good news? What's the good news? I got a, a certain game downloaded on I my... did hear you got PGA. Yeah. Um, I had to turn the quality down to like 140 by 50 pixels to play. Jeez. Yeah. It was insane how he like couldn't <laughs> get the game to work. Like it looks like, he had like a game. He had like, he had like four frames per second and he's trying to make Jeez. a swing on i think i i think i won though so that's interesting yeah i'm the easiest level on three click <laughs> i'm on yeah i'm on three point click and i have the zones like where you can hit it straight they're like an inch long they're just absolutely massive are we doing this lip this live all right should i take yeah, you the team quiz here it. um or, or should we go your here. results first jengs no you take yours then we'll discuss them uh dude what we're gonna I, be doing here <laughs> you can start to quiz Nick. I'll kind of explain it. Uh, yeah, you can just explain it. I want to. I want to explain it as I'm doing it because this is hilarious. Live, live Nick, golf the, has at the same time. Live golf has come out with a quiz that is like a team picker. So it has a bunch of questions. How many questions is there, Nick? I can't see. I don't know. Well, it says one out of one out of nine questions. So it's nine questions. It's a bunch of questions to try and find you your live team that you should cheer for. Uh, I took and the quiz it's earlier playing last off that, week. And it's- Playing off the cringy ad we talked about last yep. week or the week before, whatever, that's like, which team should I support? Again, yep. it's them leaning into the team thing. They want people to, like, pick their favorite team as if it's a different sport, like a different pro sport, right? All right, I'm ready um, to go. I, I took the quiz last week, so I already have my results. Nick and Noah are going to take the quiz on the podcast. They're going to talk through it. Uh, and then we're going to discuss our results. And as you guys are taking the quiz, you feel free to talk about it. I'm going to disappear for a couple of minutes. Uh, okay. And be right back. So first thing, all right, if I end up with the iron heads, I'm done. I'm just, I'm done. If I end up with the iron head, it's not happening. Yeah. Prelim. I'm kind of pulling for team cliques. I hope I get that team. And, uh, I got to just first touch on this. The only question I've seen, I got to touch on these stock images. That is, (laughs) that is insane. I can't believe what I'm looking at right now. These are, these are Getty images. Like that, these stock photos, you can't, (laughs) <laughs> you couldn't use golf photos like you couldn't use like pictures from the live golf season I'm pretty last sure, year i i'm pretty sure i see like watermarks on these images you, like, like do they not have a big enough like photo database from literally their entire last season to show like think, he, yeah, moments think, that talk about winning or improvement or teamwork or fun? i don't think they i don't think they have the budget for that nick 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. All right. So let, let's just let's just take each each question like at the same time and just explain yep. our answer. All right. Yep. What motivates you? Winning, improvement, teamwork, or fun? That's a good question. I'm thinking I'm gonna go improvement. I'm feeling either improvement or fun, I, and it's really. Because I mean, the teamwork thing is a little bit too cliche. An improvement, improvement is tangible, right? So if I'm yeah. if I'm golfing, like, and I'm playing in an event, and you know, you may or may not win. You don't have full control over how well the rest of the field plays or anything. But if you improved upon your process, improved upon your your mental game, and just like went out and actually played well for your standards, like that can be measured. I right? think you, I think I'm fifty fifty on fun and improvement, but. There's I think since I'm like, picking improvement, you got to go fun. There's not, there is nothing like being on the range and like finding a swing thought that kind of fixes your swing. That oh, yeah. is one of the greatest feelings of all. I time. love that. So, um, but I still Nick. think you have to pick fun because I want to see the different results we can get. And you hit a tee shot without any clothes on at Minnesota national. <laughs> Nick, you mentioned the word cliche. Are you sure it's not cliche? It's it's 50 50. I'll pick fun. I'll pick fun out of respect. But you 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 do you. I don't want to I don't want to tell you what to pick. I think nowadays, I think fun is probably more accurate. I think two or three years ago, Noah would have said improvements number one. But they're 50 50 for me. All right, that's fair. Question two. (laughs) (laughs) Some more stock images. Oh my gosh. What animal do you most a identify ram? with? Dude, you it's not can't... a horse with a stallion. That's funny. bear, dolphin, eagle, st- <laughs> stallion, really? Or wolf? What I do think, think I do got... you think the ram just automatically gives you range goats. I'm not oh, gonna that's pick a great ram. Idea. I'm not gonna oh, pick a... bear. I, I I'm think gonna I... pick wolf. Okay, that's fair. I think Honestly, there's a few different answers. I like dolphin. I like wolf. I also like eagle. I got to go with eagle. I I'm a Northwestern eagle. eagle. I was going um, I love, like, that's one of my favorite animals. Like, if I'm, if I'm driving down the highway and I see a bald eagle in the field, like, 50-50 chance I'd get in a head-on collision because I'd be looking at the eagle. So, um, Majestic and, creatures. They didn't understand. They were yeah, probably looking so at the eagle, too. I'm going with eagle here. All right. I'll, I'm picking wolf. Okay. Uh... Which shot gets you out of your seat? The booming drive. See, now they do have some live photos, right? So it's like, why? Uh, all right, the pin seeker, which the, the, the photo they use for pin seeker is someone hitting driver on the range. <laughs> I know, I was noticing that, on the range. <laughs> the spectacular save or the unmakeable putt? I know what I'm um, going to pick. I know what I'm going to pick, too. I'm picking pin seeker. Yeah, me too. There's nothing like a good dart that gets me the, fired up. I, yeah, I do like remember... It, I also pick pin seeker on this you one. You have to pick pin seeker. Like if you're if you're watching an event like in a major, right? You got like someone that's in a big pressure pack situation. Like they make contact, everyone's like you know screaming, getting the hole, and then that last like split second where it's about to land when everyone goes quiet, and then it just like lands right next to the hole. Insane. Yeah, electric. Okay, see now we're back to the stock photos here. Yeah, they, they can't do dude, all the golf photos. Though. They they could have done. I'm sure they have photos from last year of live yeah, players actually, doing all these celebrations. You're probably right. You're probably right. So how, do you, how do you celebrate a winning putt? Yeah, a winning putt. Just yeah. a little composed wave of the hand, team high fives, a fist pump, or go wild. Okay. Um, the first two are dust. So I'm either picking fist pump or go wild. 
I'm going here for fist pump, I think. I think I'm going to pick fist pump as well. There's nothing like a good fist pump after you make, like, a 15-footer. See, feels going good. crazy, like, if you just go a little bit too far, it's cringe. Like, Rory at the Masters yeah. last year when his hands were going everywhere. Like, <laughs> There's a time. There's a time and place. Like, at the Ryder Cup, yeah, you're going to go wild. But just in general. Yeah. I'm and especially uh, if you're a guy that doesn't do a lot of celebrations. Like, if you're normally, like, the wave. But then yeah. you do a fist pump like on a really big putt, then everyone else knows. Like team that's high a big... five. You can't do team high fives unless you're like Ernie Els. Or I, I went with team high fives on this one. Yeah, or your uh, Jags. Then you can pick team high fives. I can picture it like with your caddy. Okay, pick your ideal golf course. I, I don't know any of these courses. I know, except... me neither. I watched so, a little of my Coba. I, I, went, I went based on the look of the course, which one I would like the most. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to pick Cedar Ridge just because the name of that course seems like the name of a course I would like. I'm going to pick Mayakoba. It looks kind of like a, a Kiowa Island kind of vibe. I don't think – I don't agree with that at all. That I took Mayakoba is took not. the Grange as it seems like something that would be in our, uh, in our area. What color okay. speaks to you? I love the, the color with the O-U-R. Live Ooh. Golf is definitely – Definitely an Australian entity. Blue, red, green, or black? <laughs> I know. I'm, I mean, I got to go with blue here, and I'm very – I'm definitely thinking this is going to stick me towards the Majestics, but I wouldn't complain. Actually, I'm picking I don't know blue if I – All right. So we've, we've, we've had, like, four straight <laughs> the same answer. I, so. I pick blue as well. Dude, again, with the stock photos here. What's these your golf good, shirt style? These are good stock photos, though. They could show a golf shirt with like all this. of these styles. Classic, striped, patterned, or loud. Um, I don't know what I'm going to go here. I, either striped or patterned. I'm picking patterned. I like my favorite golf shirts are, like, the ones with the small little stylized patterns and just, like, populated across the entire shirt. You kind of have to have clothes to see what they actually yeah. are. Yeah, that's fair. Man, I like that too. I, I don't know. I hate. I, I pick pattern as well. <laughs> what? Okay. What music gets you in the zone? Mm. No. Um, okay, I've got my. I've got my answer here. The sound of silence isn't on here. I know. It's like metal. That'd be rock. I'm going with classical here, actually. All right. I'm picking country out of these options for sure. If, really I'm that. very, I'm very concerned. I'm going to end up with Majestics. I, I took classical as well, for the record. You guys are interesting. What are you ordering at the 19th hole? Um, Last question. Ooh, chicken club and barbecue pulled pork is what I'm between. There's a grilled cheese. There's a chicken club. There's a barbecue pulled pork and an ice cream. Sandwich. I know. I know what Noah's not picking. Oh, the barbecue pulled pork looks delicious right now. <laughs> I'm either picking the pulled pork or the ice cream sandwich. I do like a good dessert post round. See, I'm not a really a chicken club. I'm a turkey club guy. So I was gonna say, yeah, I like a turkey sammy, but I'm, I'm a cattail club guy. If Titus, I gotta go. Doing- I gotta go with the pulled pork. Well, I don't know a club sandwich after the round. I don't know that hits different too. But pulled pork, Nick. Before you the- hit submit. Our last five answers were the exact same, so I'm betting that we're probably going to get the same team. Oh, gosh. But I'm going to take the ice cream sandwich on the 19th hole. All right. Post-round dessert. All right, you ready? Do you want me to read my results before you guys hit submit? And then that way it doesn't ruin it? Yeah. Okay, so mine, I had the four aces. Oh, gosh. 
Uh, and there's a little write up there obsessed with better. Greatness isn't something you're born with, it's something you earn a process and obsession. It's reaching out to do it, uh, reaching out to become extraordinary by striving to do ordinary things extraordinarily well. That's why at Four Aces, we welcome every imperfection, every setback, and even every disappointment as an opportunity, a chance to learn, embrace the grind, and take another step closer to perfection. There's another like 10 sentences here, but I don't want to keep reading it. So so you're jumping on on the bandwagon? I'm uh, I'm apparently a Four Aces guy. Dude, the reasons they offer and like the identities for each team are like the most vague platitudes that I've ever heard. Which just... It's just right, absolutely vapid. It's, it's funny get? that I got the four aces because it's Pat Perez and I was, I went to the 3M with Nick and Pat Perez was playing one year and I just love Pat Perez. So it's funny that I got the team with wow. Pat Perez on it, but. Accurate quiz. All right, oh, let's see it, Nick. No! Oh! No! How do I end up with the four aces? You guys are like the same, you guys are like the same person, so that makes sense. Obsessed with better. Okay, yeah, it says the same thing. Wait, right? Yeah, same thing. Yeah, it does. Okay. Dude, I wanted the Majestics, bro. This is bull. <laughs> I bet if you would have picked loud for your style, you would have gotten Majestics. Dude, ah, man. All right. I'm seeing what I get. All right, Noah. I'm not cheering for Patrick Reed. It's not happening. All right. I got a different one. You guys got to guess. Okay. Um, um, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. Teams. I think you got – No. I, here's my here's my guess. All right, he picked he picked the after round dessert. All right, Bubba Watson in Florida owns Bubba's Sweet Spot, which is a candy shop. So I think he got range goats. You think? I think deep. I think I think, I, I think high flyers. I think high flyers. I don't know why. I just think high flyers. All right, I'm gonna. Can you let me screen share, Nick? Oh yes, I will stop sharing and okay. let you. Uh, uh, hold on. Okay. All right. You guys ready for this? He probably got, got fireball, fireballs. Come on, range goats, the former niblicks. The former niblicks. No. Smash. Team smash, Team baby. smash. Oh. Team smash. Fight like family. From the beginning, success is the only option. We earned our way. As a team, we share the drive to win. We're here to work. We live and breathe this sport, and we fight like family to reach the top. Going deeper on our own to go higher together. It's the only way we know all of us are nothing at all. United we grind, United we win. Which is interesting because I feel like this description does not like reflect the choices that I picked. I, th- I think these write-ups were written by the captains because this is very short and sweet, like something Brooks Kepko would say. There's no and way Brooks is coming up with a Dustin a John, like, like the that. one for the four aces is so long. Like it's a Dustin Johnson thought while he's coped up. And he's just like, Yeah, like I, I did this and this and then this and then this. Guys, I can get merch now for my team. Dude. Uh, I they have they do have a store. I'm it's so disappointed team. I ended up with the four aces. It's my team now. So. They only have Who on guys. the four aces is listening to classical music? Get that out of here. There's no way. Well, it's not DJ, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, probably Patrick Reed. I don't know. Patrick Reed's listening to country. Peter Uline, maybe? Come on, dude. I Like, can I still even, like, cheer for the Majestics if I didn't get them with the LiveX quiz? Oh, like, you can, yeah. Like, I need to clear – I don't know if that can sit well with my yeah. conscience. You might have to take the quiz a couple more times. No, like, you, weren't, you weren't here yet, but we were talking about how, um, how fire the Majestics uh, outfits were looking. 
Really? Low-key. Like, they were looking good. Uh, Like, in the practice rounds, the baby blue... um, Were they all they all the same thing? Is this it right here? Yeah, that right there. Ooh, those are clean, baby That's blue. Nice. And, then, and then the bags, the bags. All right, I That's so that. nice. Yeah, I they're might just of, go head to toe in Majestic's merch this year. They're kind, of, they're kind of a cool team. We should just base our new Bogey Train logo off the Majestic's logo. More like a tool team. I don't like anyone on that team though. That's the problem. What? Don't they have Louie? Or is that not Louie's no. team? No, Louie's team's Stinger. Oh. They go hard on the course and off it. So Henrik, remember? Henrik, Ian, Westwood. Who's the last guy? Sam yeah. Horsfield. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I guess I don't dislike him. It's, he's just like... I guess there's not a lot of guys on Live I do like, so I guess, you know, maybe it's hard. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I'm glad I didn't end up with Crushers. I would have liked to end up with the cliques, honestly. Um, but I knew I was going to end up with the blue team. Love the cliques. Um, I was hoping for the cliques. I'm going to take this opportunity. If you have made it this far in the podcast, go out, take the live quiz. Yeah. <laughs> send, tell us, send tell us what you get. Train, send the bogey train Instagram your, your results. I need to know if anyone ends up with cliques. Um. <laughs> yeah. <it's... laughs> um. Anything else on the live front? Anything else with the live team picker? Anything else with uh, the live Mayakoba? I don't or... think so. Let's uh, let's move on. Did I tell you guys the breaking news last week of my? Uh... No, because I don't think it was. I don't think we had um, my uh, upcoming event that I am officially oh, officially in say, the field for. You didn't say it on the pod. I don't think you were registered by then or not. Well, let's just say the road to LA Country Club starts at TPC Twin Cities on May 1st. There we go. So, so you're saying that we have about two months to get some bogey train merch for you to rock at the... No, I'm going to be wearing Majestic's merch. (laughs) (laughs) At, uh, yeah. Could you imagine? Like, I, I get through local and sectional qualifying, and I'm at the US Open just like, just complete like majestics out like, there. You're, you're so just funny. chilling next. You're chilling next to uh, none of the majestic players because I don't think any of them can qualify for the U.S. Open. But yeah, I don't know if any of them will get in the U.S. Open. Probably not. Guys, did uh, I miss? Did I miss the Honda recap? Yeah, you, you did. Yeah. Or... Should we do it again? No. Let's uh, let's go to a different recap. Let's recap full swing three and four. We talked about one and two last week. Let's go three All and right. four this week. Okay, um, well, I'll pretend I remember those episodes. Speaking, speaking of the Majestics, episode three uh, focuses yeah. on Ian Poulter. Uh, and it's really a focus on Ian Poulter, his kind of downfall throughout the years. Um, you know, not playing as well. The title of the episode is Money or Legacy. So it's kind of this, this precursor. Yeah, is he going to go to live? Um, obviously, we know now that he does. But uh, focuses on Ian Poulter, focuses a lot on his family. Um, that's about all I got from episode three. He threw his clubs. He had a bottle of Tito's. There's in not, a, not a chance that moment was genuine. 
Like, as in, there was, like, he definitely made sure to look behind him and make sure that he knew the cameras were following before he threw those clubs and just, like, screamed the F word. Like, that. <laughs> and then the the whole, like, do you enjoy playing in the Ryder Cup? And he's like, does a bear poop in the woods? He's like, is the Pope Catholic? I mean, those, it's like he was trying to create memes, like, in the in the show. And then at the end, like when he had that little like smirk at the camera and you know, all this stuff. Um, yeah. there, there was a couple things from the episode. Um, I mean, clearly he was playing like garbage. Every event they followed him. He didn't play well. It's probably because of that bottle of Tito's vodka in his locker that they I did see that showed. Um, what else? Looking at watching him in his closet was kind of funny. Just like it's all the clothes he was wearing. Closet. Yeah, when he was packing up all those, all the plaid oh to bring to gosh. the PGA. Um, I've been listening to some other like recaps on the Netflix series, and it's basically like if you didn't know any better, you would think Tulsa was the golf capital of the world, which is kind of funny because like basically every episode goes back to Tulsa. It seems like. Uh-huh. Um, a few things uh, about Ian Poulter, like. The fact that they like that they just let him get away with the whole like, well, this is a decision I'm making for my family, and like, you know, this is just a decision about them. Meanwhile, he's flying private uh, from Florida to England, which I heard some people that actually looked it up. Can you you guys guess how much it costs to fly on a private jet from uh, Florida to England? Mm. Uh, enough, because Ian Poulter can afford it. From Florida to New to Florida to where? England. England. To England, private. Um, I'm gonna say forty thousand dollars. No, 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 that's too much. I guess like dollars. I guess like five hundred k to a milli. One hundred and fifty. One hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So it's like, I mean, this guy. Well, that's that's the Delta Airlines private jet. If you fly the Spirit Airlines private jet, it's like way cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like at a certain point, right, once you reach a certain threshold of money, it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. Like I've heard, I've heard people say like once you have an in, like a net worth of like 20 million, anything above that, like your lifestyle is the same. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Ian Poulter, given the whole like, you know, I did this for my family. I think it's, I think it's a little bit of a cop out. Like it's just a supposedly like, probably supposed to be a more sympathetic way of saying like i wanted more money um and then the whole like i don't know why they spent time showing like him following watching his son play golf because i couldn't care any less about that um i'm trying to think if there's anything else i forget from that episode i mean there was a weird moment where he was at the players championship and like he and like Pat Perez were talking about how many Twitter followers like golfers have. Yeah. They're like, they were talking about like who has the most followers and they're like, yeah, Ricky has like this many million. And Poulter was like, yeah. And he never tweets, never tweets. And it's like, why does it feel like he's low key salty about guys having more followers than him? Because he tweets all the time and, you know, is always on social media trying to be a likable guy, but he's also just a hateable guy at the same time. Yeah, and he was, like, talking about his social media presence. It's clear he's very proud of his, like, what he's, you know, what he feels he's built on social media. He, you know, thinks that's something that, like, he thinks he brings to live or whatever. But 
I mean, as far as the golf goes, he's just, he hasn't been relevant for a long, long time. No. Um, I don't really have anything else on the Ian Poulter episode. He's just not that good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all the events they followed him to, he played like crap. So yeah, the, but the players missed the cut, I think, or I don't know. didn't play well, at least. Uh, the match play, he needed to, you know, have a good week there to get into Augusta. Got absolutely destroyed by Matty Fitz, which I love to see that. And yeah, then he got one barbecued the, by Scheffler and Fitz. They followed him at the PGA. I think he missed the cut. Um, you know, no surprise there. So, no. um, anything else on episode three? I don't think so. What about you, Noah? I know you watched that episode probably last night, right? Yeah, that one, that one was like probably my least favorite episode. So I really, I like don't, I really don't want to talk about it. Actually. Okay, that sounds okay. good. Well, right. Noah said episode three is his least favorite favorite episode. So we'll move on to episode four, which I think is my favorite episode out of the entire series. Uh, episode four titled Imposter Syndrome following Joel Damon. Uh, and his caddy, Gino Benelli. Caddy Gino. Um, just a, a great episode, really, following Joel. Uh, yeah. You know, kind of really pulled at the heartstrings a little bit. If you're kind of a, a sympathetic or empathetic or just emotional person. This episode kind of hits you a little bit harder. Um, and it really focuses on, you know, Joel just being like an average guy. Uh, and kind of the title imposter syndrome is, you know, this thing that Joel doesn't really have the belief in himself, which can kind of get old at times. But yeah, it's a little bit like it. Sometimes it feels like he's playing a character, you know, yeah. when people ask him, like, can you win a major? He's like, no, absolutely not. Like, I'm just not good enough. Yeah, but, but it's, it's like. If you have the lead at the U.S. Open after 36 holes, it's like it's kind of a fact that you're good enough to win, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, just like you know, the self-deprecation, like, which is probably a you know a little bit of a cover-up. Just it's like know, sometimes it doesn't refreshing. have success. Yeah, it's like sometimes it's refreshing. Sometimes it's it seems like a little too much, but I think yeah. that's just kind of who he is. I don't know. Yeah, but Joel Damon, really funny guy. Um, you know, Benelli describes him. He's just your friend, uh, friendly neighbor who's really effing good at golf. Um, and, like, that's just kind of the vibe he gives off. Like, mm-hmm. they show clips in there of him, like, having a house party, and uh, they show clips at the the sectional qualifier where after the first eighteen, they're in the clubhouse just drinking a couple claws. Yeah, but, that was a re- that was a really cool scene to see. Like, um, you know, it's like okay, well, I guess I'm going to start trying now. And then because he was yeah. pretty convinced he wasn't going to make the U.S. Yeah. Open, and then he had a really nice second round. I think he shot five under. Ended up getting through sectional qualifying. Um, there was a scene like when. So he and his wife uh, were pregnant at the time. They must have had the baby by now, I would think. Yep. But uh, they were stroller, uh, stroller shopping. Um, okay, here was one thing I thought was interesting, a take I heard um, that kind of wish the documentary would have gone deeper into, like, why does Joel say he's not good enough to win a major? So... Like, for example, I think there was a quote, and it might have been in that episode where I think it was from Rory saying, you know, what separates the best players in the world from like the rest is belief in themselves. So like if you're just sort of a casual and you're watching, you would think, geez, well, the only thing like 
precluding Joel Damon from being one of the best in the world is just belief in himself. Like, why doesn't he just believe in himself harder? But I think they should go into a little bit of detail, like for the average person to show like, okay, why is Rory McIlroy just a straight up better golfer than Joel Damon? Yeah. Just kind of explain why that is. And like, you know, some of the stats behind it and everything, like it really makes you seem like, okay, well, the only thing that it's like, okay, he played well at the U S open. The only thing that's holding him back is that he doesn't think he's good enough, but it's like, no, there's like legitimate talent disparity as well. Yeah. Obviously he's very good, but he's not like a generational talent like Rory or, you know, it kind of reminds me of like back when Brooks was on his hot streak and they would ask Brooks, like, you know, why, why do you have the confidence to go in and win these major tournaments with all the best golfers? Yeah. And he said something along the lines of like, there's 144 people in every major. Um, <clears throat> half of them are just not that good. So you can clock them out. And then like another half of what's left just doesn't believe they can win. Mm-hmm. So you knock them out. And then like, he just keeps narrowing it down. And eventually you get down to like 15 guys who yeah. like, he's not playing against 144 guys. He's just got to beat the 15 guys that believe in themselves and are good enough uh, and Joel kind of falls into that category of, you know, he's a guy who's got the talent, he can make the cut, but he just doesn't mm-hmm. believe he can, you know, play well. And it's a good yeah. point you made there. I wish they would kind of dive into that more. Um, um, and I wish you could, well, I can't really take credit for that point. Uh, more of a Tron Carter thing. Shout out Tron. Um, he's one of my favorite like personalities in golf, honestly. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> Uh, what was I, I was going to say something. Oh yeah. Like that Brooks quote. I remember hearing that too. That was really interesting. Yeah. And so you wonder if, um, the, the Joel Damon, like I, I'm not good enough to win a major thing is if it's just him being realistic. Um, and if it like helps him rather than, you know, having, you know, the sort of like you know, I'm not satisfied with my career unless I win a major sort of outlook. Like maybe it keeps him, you know, with a positive outlook on things. Or if or you wonder if there really is a bit of a detriment to there, like similar yeah. to what Brooks said, like is, will he never win a major because he writes himself off? Yeah. And his um, caddy has told him, I'm sure a million times that, dude, when you're playing well, you're definitely good enough to win a major. But I don't know. It was interesting. I, my, my take on it is probably a little psychological. Like we kind of talked about the self-deprecation because of everything he's been through and kind of the trauma that came from that. Uh, in the episode, they talk about, you know, Joel losing his, his mother to cancer. Uh, you mentioned that they had a, his wife was pregnant and that's really cool. Cause Joel himself went through cancer. He had testicular cancer. Um, so I feel like some of it's probably a trauma response, just like a way, a coping mechanism to, to deal with that trauma. And it does kind of work its way into, you know, his golf if he doesn't have that confidence. But Yeah. And it's also kind of interesting because he doesn't seem to come across, like, I don't think he's really one of those guys you could call like a late bloomer that like in like junior golf and things like that didn't have success. Like, mm-hmm. I think he was one of those guys, like when he was in junior golf, he was destroying everyone. Yeah. So you think that would maybe kind of build that mindset of like, okay, like no one can beat me, but. um, Didn't they point out he won a state championship as like a freshman or a sophomore? 
Yeah, and then didn't he like, – like, there was another big event he won as a junior by, like, 19 shots or something yeah. stupid. Or, yeah. Um, maybe it was that same event. I can't remember. But yeah, uh, I don't know if you have anything else from that episode, but just one of my favorite scenes just – it was really cool to see him play well at the U.S. Open and um, really not completely fall apart on the weekend when he was in contention, managed to salvage a top 10. Um, but after the second round, when he was – uh, tied for the lead, I believe, um, when he walks into the media tent, you know, because all the guys in the media had known what he had said about, you know, he's not good enough to win a major and all this stuff. And he and he walks into the media tent. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, look at Joel Damon. He can't win a major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, basically just sort of mm-hmm. making fun of himself for what he had said. And he sort of knew all the questions he was going to get. But that was probably my favorite scene. Yeah, it's I guess one other thought that just came to my head is it's probably a little uh like not wanting to get his hopes up either. Like, cause he's kind of seen the, the shocking twists and turns that can come in life. And if he gets his hopes too high, you know, that could all come crumbling down. Yeah. Um, I guess I kind also of my- liked um, when in the clubhouse, like when he was, you know, playing well, I think it was before the third round or something. Um, Rory and Colin Morikawa yeah. and John Rahm were all like eating at a table and they're just like, he just like walks in and they're like, yeah, good playing, you know, like, yeah, it's like, just so that, weird. That was a that was a funny little scene. I wonder like if that's exactly how it would have gone anyway, or if the cameras there did anything. But yeah, uh, that just like it kind of gave me vibes. Like if I was in high school golf and I just like walked into the clubhouse or like even college golf, and you know shot like a a seventy three to put myself towards the top, and just like walked in and like all the top guys that win every tournament are there, and I just walk up and like talking to them, like just kind of mm-hmm. gave me those vibes. Uh, honestly, I think my favorite part of the episode though, was probably just the, the Joel and Gino camaraderie. Yeah. It was uh, interesting to learn a little bit about like the, from the caddy perspective too, yeah. and how, and how he gets paid yeah. and, you know, things uh, like that. You know, they, they've been friends for really life. Um, the quote of Gino, I'm going to effing punch you in the ribs at one point in the U S open, he calls him a boner. Yeah. Um, Nice shot, you boner. That was like the final <laughs> round of the U.S. Open when he was yeah. within the top 10. Uh, and it's like the first years were tough. Like they read the letter um, that Gino wrote to become Joel's caddy. And then it's like mm-hmm. the first year with me, I think he only made $87. It's just like. Yeah, which is like, I wonder how Gino's wife felt about uh, yeah. him applying to be Joel Damon's caddy. And uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, if I was his caddy too, I'd want him to have a little more self belief too, because uh, you know it goes it goes into his pocket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then with the U.S. Open, he made four. Or Joel made four hundred seven thousand dollars, and I think caddy usually takes ten percent. So a lot of times it's in the 40, range of seven seven to ten percent. Nice little forty thousand dollar payday for uh, for Gino there that week. Um, yeah. Anything else with uh, this episode? I don't really have anything more. Uh, that's uh, basically all I could think to squeeze out of it. Yeah. Uh, next. Oh, week also we'll talk... Max Max Homa being in that episode. Yeah. I hope. Hopefully, we get a Max Homa episode. I think we'll get. I think season. we'll get Max next season. Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah. He's like half of our half of my conversations with Joel are just like me trying to convince him how good he is at golf, and he's yeah. having none of it. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk five and six next week. I can't remember off to my top of my head what five and six are. I know six but, is Finau and Morikawa. I think yeah, five cool is uh, DJ and Fitz. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so, 
So we'll talk that next week. Uh, just kind of going down the rest of the list here quickly. You have golf fashion on there, Nick. Was that the oh um, no, no, hole, no. or is there something else? Okay, yeah. yes, I was gonna I was gonna throw something onto there. So I was listening. Uh, I was I came across some more takes. Um, so here's the take: Footjoy premieres great on their own. Golf joggers great on their own. Together, horrible. What do you think about that take? I'm not saying it's my take. I'm saying I've, I've heard it. I think it's like, that's uh, that's an outfit that I've rocked before. So I know that's why I had to bring it up because I know you both have. I know you both have. Uh, that's that's like my that go. Look. That's like my go-to look on the course. I think like, that's because like, all you have is joggers, and that's yeah. The I'm a jogger guy, have, so yeah. I have like one pair of golf pants other than joggers. That's about it. Uh, I got to the point where like I wanted to figure out if I could start wearing joggers to work. Uh, as a teacher and I haven't tried it yet, but I might have to. And I don't, um, I'm still like kind of coming around on the golf jogger look, but I don't know. The take is like the vibe of the foot joy premieres doesn't go with the vibe of joggers. And I wanted to want to see what your guys reaction. Again, I'm not saying it's my take. I'm saying that's the take I've seen. I I think I like it. I mean, mean, you kind of have to, you've got a dog, you've got a dog in this race. Like, I just, I think golf joggers, I mean, they're just, they're golf pants, but they're tight around the waist. They can go with anything. Like, I could wear my joggers with my Skechers. I could wear my joggers with my, my icons. Like, here's, here's my take. I think it really comes down to your shirt, what you have on it top. probably does come down to your, what you're wearing as well. Well, um, and, and that's always kind of been a thing too, is like, if you're just going out for a casual range session and you're wearing a t-shirt and basketball shorts, and then you've got like icons or premieres yeah. on, like that's always looked odd, exactly. right? Sure. Yeah. yeah I, like, had a, I had a college teammate who would rock that look cause he only wore icons. So like we go to practice and he'd be wearing like a t-shirt, basketball shorts, and then icons. Yeah. Like that's I, I always a goofy look because it's like, you got a really classy pair of shoes on and then like, just kind of have a dusty rest of the outfit. Yeah. Like if you're going to wear yeah. icons or premieres, you have to dress it up a little bit. No, I save my icons for my, my most important rounds these days. So I think a quarter zip joggers and some nice foot joys looks great. I think it's a sick fit. It's like a touch of, if you have a, if you have a, like a, a collared shirt on or a quarter zip or like a nice crew neck, like then the shoes are just a touch of class. Like, like joggers Nick, that like, fit I was wearing last night, if I was wearing golf joggers instead of just sweatpants and my icons, like that'd be a, like, that wouldn't be a bad look. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the, that was the, the golf uh, fashion hot take. Are you, a, um, are you a joggers guy, Nick? Do you wear joggers on the course? Well, o- over Christmas, I just got my first two pairs of golf joggers. Okay. Um, it was my, my first time swinging with them was last night. So I had to, I had the joggers with the pro SLs. Yeah. Um, you know, still got to get used to that look. I mean, you got, know when the, what's you've that? Got to, you've got to rock a good pair of socks as well. If you, if you rock joggers. See, here's the thing, because you wear high socks. So it's like, I don't think the high goofy socks go with joggers, really. Like, I feel like those got to be with shorts. Yeah, you got to show ankle. I disagree. I disagree, because if you can can match up socks with your shirt, it can go a long ways. I think if you're going to have longer socks like you do, I think it's got to be with shorts. I think with the joggers, you've got to have short socks. 
I think you can go either way with joggers. I don't think that's a very hot take. I, I think you have to show ankle with the joggers. That's a crazy hot take, you guys. You do not have to show ankle. No, that's, that's, I think that's a pretty, pretty that's fair a take. That's hot take. Um, Long socks with joggers is not a look. I'm sorry. I, I don't, I don't. I'll send you a picture of. I know what it looks like. Me. I have eyes. I, I want to move off the golf fashion here because we got a few things left to get here. Get to where Did you see tours update? I'm going to go with the quick ones first. So first of all, Taste of the Masters is back. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> $175. You can get a bunch of food from the Masters that they send to your door, and you can watch it or eat it during the Masters. Yeah, that's, that's I, funny. I would love to get Taste of the Masters. The issue is it's not like I have a Masters party. So I'd be getting $175 worth of Masters food for me and my fiance to eat by ourselves. Yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, <laughs> I could do it, but I don't want to. Uh, but I think it's a really cool idea. So have you seen that Noah? So it's like all like the kind of the iconic foods that you can get if you're at the masters at Augusta, like you can order a big package of it and you can like have samples of all of it at your house, like the pimento cheese sandwich and like the like egg salad sandwich and all that stuff. It does not have the peach ice cream sandwich. I was about to say, if they send the peach ice cream sandwiches, like I would actually think about that. It does not have those. Hey, uh, right, that's good. that's kind of that's kind of what's, depressing. What's the point then? Also, shout out to Augusta. Obviously, it's super hard to get into the tournament, and the tickets are expensive if you can get them. But uh, once you're there, at least the food is pretty uh, yeah pretty cost effective. Yeah, uh, pimento cheese sandwich went up this, or the egg salad sandwich went up this year because egg prices. But that's uh, that's all right. I wasn't going to get the egg um, uh, salad sandwich, just the pimento cheese. That's yeah. all I need. Yeah. Uh, and did the you pork. see update? Pork. Oh, there's sandwich. a pork. There's a pulled pork. Yeah. Yeah, fire. Uh, yeah. TGC Tours update. Last week, miscut. We'll keep it short and sweet. Putt error sucked again. Uh, this week, we are, however, in the position for a made cut. Woo! Uh, through you, two did rounds. Did you get demoted last week? I did are not. Still, I'm still, are you I'm still, still kinetic. on kinetic? Okay. Still on kinetic. Four demotion kinetic, marks. Kinetic with four demotion marks. Yep. Okay. I'm living. I'm scratching. Clawing. Uh, currently, I'm T23. Five shots off the lead at the halfway point. Um, I finished the week. I shot 39 under total. I'm 20 under right now. Just the, the putter was hot this week. Uh, this week so far, 111 people have what do you got played. in the bag for a putter spider. No, it's the, the Scotty. Ooh, nice, nice. Scotty nice. putter. Um, wait, wait, is it a Scotty mallet or the blade? It's the, like the sawtooth or the fang tooth one. Okay. Ooh, the, the max, the max. Yeah. Homo putter. Yeah. Uh, but right now, with the putter, I am 13th out of 111 in putts per hole this week. Go. So the putter is fuego. I wish they could have they could track uh, strokes gained rather than just putts I per hole. I wish they could. Uh, but made cut, which means one of those demotion marks is going to be taken away. If I can finish in the top 20, can maybe get another one taken away. But, you know... I'm just happy to All finally right. make a cut again. I'm nice. Dropped some world ranking points. This I dropped 30 spots. So kind of an aside. Did you get that email from TGC Tours about the forums being breached? I did. Um, yeah. Uh, the <laughs> the forums. Someone got a hold of one of the moderators' accounts. They hacked into it. Someone who had been banned previously. Someone who had been right? banned. Um, yeah. And then got onto the TGC Tours forums and deleted every single thread. That was on the no forums. Way. Um, 
but they ended up having the backup. They got a lot of. It they were able to recover it. Yeah, they were able to okay. recover. Last, a, last a I lot knew, they it. didn't. They didn't know if they were um, going to be able to recover anything awesome. or not. But, but I thought was, that was a funny. Aside. That was crazy. They said he didn't get a hold of. They got a hold of IP addresses and emails, but no passwords, nothing like that. But I changed oh my, my password gosh. anyway. Um, no, that was a so, funny email from TGC Tours. Like they're they're emailing me because because no, at one point I signed up, but I never actually did qualifying. Oh yeah. So um, mm. so it was like the forums have been breached. I was like, what a weird <laughs> email to get. Yeah, that, that was wild when the I forums. saw that. I actually I went on the forums first and saw that the forums were down, and I was like, what's going on? And then I saw the email afterwards. Do um, you go on the forums a lot? I go on the forums probably two or three times a day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, some drama this week revolving around Rory McIlroy. Oh, yeah. First, him and Sergio. Sergio basically calls him a crybaby and immature, which is fitting coming from Sergio, the guy who dug to China out of a bunker once. That was absolutely um, rich coming from Sergio. <laughs> I gotta... Like, just one of the biggest babies ever. Yeah. Calling Rory immature. He's, yeah, saying Rory, I thought it was lacking maturity. So that's like, it's like the Spider-Man meme. Like, yeah, or it's, no, it's like the SpongeBob meme when it's like, he's the he's the patrol guy. He's like looking for, and then right behind him, there's a flyer that says wanted, and it's just like his own face. Yeah, basically that's the meme that comes to my head. Um, so Sergio calling Rory immature, found that a little bit funny. Uh, what else did I have on there? Oh, uh, Greg, Greg Norman. Norman. Did you I see that clip? One. What? I don't know the Greg Norman one. Okay, so he had an interview ahead of uh, Mayakoba. Of course he did. Uh, let's see if I can find that. I think it was in my DMs. Rory doesn't know anything. Right? All due respects, Rory. He doesn't know anything about Liv. He knows something about the PGA Tour. I've always been a fan of Rory McIlroy's. My advice to him was just sit back, take stock, watch what you say, because in the end, in the end, there will be a situation where, you know, he'll be asked a few questions that he may not want to be answering. Do you get the sense that there might be ever a sense where there's almost too much golf? I mean, is there an appetite among fans for all of this golf now? Well, it's, look, it's different style of golf. Okay, that's uh, basically covers the Rory stuff, and then he just kind of says like, "Oh well, people can pick and choose whatever golf they watch." But like, was that like a threat? That kind of sounded like a threat. It sounded it sounded like a little blackmail there. Like, there's yeah, uh, like something basically sit down and shut up because there will be a day when what I'm like, what what did that mean? Yeah, like, I don't it know. Sounded like a thinly veiled threat. So. Honestly, honestly, weird. I've been wanting to say that to Rory for years. Yeah, He's so pretty immature. <laughs> he needs to grow up a little bit. Rory doesn't. <laughs> he says Rory doesn't know anything about anything. He doesn't know anything about live. He needs to just stop talking. So appreciate that from Greg. Um, um, I guess the other the other kind of live news was this new uh, SI World Golf Ranking brought to you oh, by see, LA I, Golf. I, I put on all this stuff on the list so long ago, like I completely forgot about yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Uh, this SI World Golf Ranking, I saw a little bit about it. It's a new um, ranking system that's going on Yeah, from Sports Illustrated. Yeah, who is like uh, a little bit live friendly and is brought to you by LA Golf, 
who Which um, sponsors, sponsors DJ and Bryson. Yep. Um, so I was looking through the ranking. It seems like it mirrors the world golf ranking, like the official ranking pretty closely. Um, but part I thought was funny is that um, they still had Bryson outside the top hundred. Which so is perfect. Um, I, I really thought that was, um, I do. I like this rank. It's got Ricky at 59. So I'll take, I know, Ricky yeah. at 59. yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, um, I think overall, probably the best ranking is probably data golf. Um, yeah. D- data golf rankings. Like data they, golf is just good for everything. They, they include live. So they try to really do like a ranking of like who really are the best players, um, so I don't think SI really needed to do that for any reason um, other than, I don't know, to try to promote live or something. But um, um, if you really say, want a OWGR alternative, Data Golf is probably your best bet at this point. The, the SI Golf ranking it does, is John Rahm, number one, Scotty Scheffler, two, Rory, three, Will Zalatoris, four, Patrick Cantlay, five. Will Zalatoris at four is a stretch. Um, I do think there are some things missing here. Max Homa could be higher. Uh yeah, and it depends how far your look back is, right? Because yeah, I mean, if it's like if it's like one year, I mean, Homa can't be outside the top five. It's it's got think. Joaquin Neiman at twenty. Um, don't really know how much he did like last season. Has I don't think what has the, he done. What has he done since Riv last year? Yeah, I don't think a whole lot. He didn't win a. Did he win a live event? I don't think so. Maybe yeah, I don't know. Uh, Sahith at twenty two. I think he was in contention at his first one, the one in Boston or Chicago. I forget which one. But Chris Kirk was at thirty one, just moved up to twenty four with his win. Uh, okay, so it's updated. It's updated ranking. for the new week. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, Seth Straka twenty nine. Like I just I don't understand some of these things, but maybe. But I, I just thought it was funny that the company that sponsors a few live players is co- trying to come out with their own ranking. I don't know. Yeah, it was a little people. Bit. I know what I saw in the. Uh, the news that people thought it was rigged, uh, obviously because it's LA golf. And then it was like, Oh no, Bryson is still out of the top 100. Um, I guess if you want to go data golf rankings, it also has max home at seven. That really so, is insane. If you think about it though, like thinking of Bryson outside the top hundred when in 2021, he was arguably the most dominant player <laughs> on the planet is, I mean, that's, that's a big, that's a long way to fall in a pretty yeah. short amount of time. I mean, he won a major by like six shots and that wasn't his only <laughs> win of the year. He led the tour in strokes gained off the tee. And then now he's like, even in a very friendly to him world ranking system outside the top hundred. That's kind of sad, actually. I- I'm just scrolling through the data golf rankings and there's one just huge outlier Uh there's a guy that is ranked outside of the top 500 in the OWGR that's ranked 68th in data golf rankings. Uh, and that person is Steve Stricker. 68? 68 in the data golf in rankings. The, in data golf? Yeah. What? Um, I just thought that was really funny. He's 68 in the world for data golf. Yeah. Okay, maybe take back what I said about data golf. How can that um, possibly be true? Wyndham Clark is 46. I don't know what he's okay. done. Okay. Uh, well, I might need to take a second look over at data golf and see what's Ricky's really going 45, on. Ricky's 45, so I'll take it. Ricky's 45. 
Okay, yeah, maybe he gets in the Masters off of the data golf rankings. Uh, Charles Howell is 36 after his win this week, so it did kind of update that. Um, but right, yeah, do just we have anything some, else? There is the only thing, other thing on there is the Jenks swing fix that's going on. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Nick and I did. We mentioned iron. earlier we went to the the simulator. Okay, okay. Last night, uh, Nick is in town. He. Oh, sorry. Undisclosed location. He just happened to be yeah. in town last night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm at, I'm at an undisclosed location right now. Yep. He helped me with kind of my swing. I've had this issue of kind of this taking it inside and then coming over the top. So we worked last night. Uh, maybe on the Instagram, we'll have to put out some videos, like one of before, one of after. Yeah, post it. Kind of some changes. Uh but got my takeaway a lot better than it was, you know, still not exactly where it needs to be, but it's a lot better. Uh, but yeah, it felt really different, but really good. Uh, so basically the two things we, um, and I was basically talking out loud for a lot of it, just trying to figure out, like throw it at the wall and see what sticks. The two things we worked on the most was just having his takeaway basically feel like he's taking it as far outside as he can, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, basically got him almost like directly in line with his hands, still a little bit inside. Sure. Um, but it sort of naturally put him at a, a better position at the top, a little bit deeper with the hands. Sure. Um, and then on the downswing, we hit some balls uh, with just his right arm, um, which sort of uh, naturally <clears> – <throat> Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mitigated some of the over the top. I think it's it's a lot with his left shoulder and left arm, which is sure. what's causing it. And so we just hit a lot of balls feeling that like really doing it with the right arm. And so those were kind of the two thoughts we were. Um, Dude, I think that Max Sabi had a couple slots open on his. I know. Uh, on his yeah. T-shirts. Yeah. If you're going to be in uh if you're going to be in St. Bonnie, Minnesota anytime it's like this, soon. It's like this weekend only, though. Yeah, I yeah. don't think I'll be in St. Bonnie this weekend. So jump I'll, on that. I might have to uh, wait until next time. Um, but no, kind of my – we talked about goals at the start of the year, kind of the New Year's resolution, and mine was to to get back to my old form, get back to scratch, and, you know, this feels really good, and it feels like we're at a good starting point to get yeah. back there. Full disclosure, I was bouncing some of my ideas off of Mac too. So oh. we got a, we've got a, a few sets of eyes. And uh, like while we were there, you were texting Mac or no, no, afterwards. Oh, oh. I was like, uh, I sent him a couple of videos and I was telling him what I was thinking. But but yeah, so. we're gonna keep working on that. Uh, tomorrow's gonna be my first actual round I'm playing. Uh, I'm gonna be there, and Nick will be there. Undisclosed so. location. So uh, I'm probably going to shoot 45, but... No, I don't think it'll be that bad. Well, it, dep- it depends how hard you're trying to implement the swing changes because I didn't see some of the shots because we just were hitting range rather than playing. Um, and I was like, I don't care where the ball goes. Like, there's just a couple feels you need. So it'll be... It depends if you're trying to shoot a score or trying to do the swing, I guess. I, I'm probably going to try and do... The, I'm probably going to stick to the three-quarter swing and just try and do the swing. Like, be interesting. So it'll it'll definitely be interesting tomorrow night. I haven't even do, done the new swing with driver yet. So the first well, yeah, driver the high, I hit the, is yeah, going to be a the mess. longest club you hit was nine iron. Yeah, the first swing with driver is going to be a mess. 
Um, yeah, and there's usually about time for three balls on the range before those rounds. Uh, we've like, been getting a little bit more time lately. All right. But, but uh, yeah, that'll be interesting tomorrow. We'll have to update that next week. See, maybe I'll just throw down like a 32 or something. I don't know. There you go. Uh, but other than that, that's all that's on our list for this week. Gentlemen, any closing comments, last thoughts that we need to talk about? Uh, do we need to – gosh, I don't want to really get into it. I'm, I'm tired. But uh, the bogey club, do we need to have any there's, – There's no updates dis- on the bogey club. Further discussion on uh, where we need to go from here? Uh, I need more designs. Yeah, they're in the works. That's fair. Once we'll, we have uh, designs, we can work. We'll fire, we'll fire some out later this week. So we'll, we may have an update for next yeah. week. Uh, I got nothing else. If you guys got nothing else. Uh, it it's might been, be no, I mean, like, I'm ready to go. I've been here for, like, two hours now. So it's Yeah, been you've been – He see, what happened is he was actually just stuck in the waiting room. He was here the whole time, but he just never got out of the waiting and room. Nick just didn't – Nick just wouldn't let me in for some <laughs> reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Good uh, actually, Jengs, how um, how soon did I uh, admit you from when you got into the waiting room? Like, how long were you waiting in there? Two minutes tops, probably. Okay, because I didn't, I couldn't tell. Because if you get in before I open Zoom, I get yeah. an email saying that you entered my waiting room. Um, but I never got that email, and I just happened to open Zoom, and it was like as soon as I opened it, it said you were in the waiting room. So I was like, yeah, well, really it wasn't very timing. long. I was like, that was either really good timing or he was waiting. I don't know, but yeah, it wasn't very long. Um, oh, also, um, don't don't listen to that. This we don't do this over Zoom. I'm way more professional than that. We have a professional uh, podcasting uh, platform. Definitely not Zoom. There actually is one that we use for our fantasy football league because we make some like joke podcasts. We might have to try that one week. I don't know. We we created this ourselves. It's Z U U M. It's way like Zoom. It's way more professional. Than- it's called Bogey Plus. We wouldn't even. We would never dream of using the, the Zoom with two O's. Yeah, that's no. too basic. Yeah. Everyone does that. It's embarrassing. It's like no. We use noise. Zoom with three O's. Zoom. No. It's no. Two Mazda. Zoom. Zoom. Oh, those commercials were sick back in the zoom, day. Zoom. Zoom. Um, All right. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, right, we just we just keep kicking our uh, foursomes can down the road, but that's all well. Right. We've just been at. We've had so much to talk about. Uh, Next week, I don't think there's a live tournament this week, so hopefully Liv can stay out of the news. We can just skip them. Um, no, if my work ethic was stronger, we could do like a midweek episode a lot of times. But no, man, we did it that no, once, and I'm that's, like, that, that's just too much for next us. Next week, next week we're just doing foursomes for an hour. Maybe, maybe that's what we got to do. Just dude, not talk there's about no the way I just can't talk about the Arnold Palmer. We'll we'll talk about the Arnold Palmer for like 30 minutes, and then we'll just go straight into foursomes for like yeah, an we'll hour. Just, we'll just run some. And yeah, I haven't really been on uh, social media anymore, so it's like there's less stuff for me to just see and be like, we got to talk about this. So yeah, that's where where I've been coming into uh, the yeah. effect, but. I'll close this out here. Another episode. This was episode 22 of the Bogey Train podcast. Uh, as always, if you're listening, you're a new listener, make sure you go follow us on Instagram, uh, the Bogey Train Pod, or at the Bogey Train Pod. Um, and our YouTube channel. Is Next episode is our Jordan episode. Bogey Train or hey, something like that. Wait, this was the T Swift episode. This was our T Swift. We're feeling 22. 
And then one after that wow. is the Kobe episode. I don't know a good about run you. here. And then after that, it's 25, and there's I'm nothing good about 25. Uh, that'll be the Jengs episode, episode 25. Ooh. That'll be the mid-AM episode. Yeah. Um, but go follow our socials. Our YouTube, we haven't done anything with yet, but we are planning. We've got some ideas that we're working on uh, to, to put on the YouTube to get some content there. We final thoughts, Noah? Oh, I did have final thoughts. I had one more thing. Uh, some predictions this week. Puerto Rico Open. Mm-hmm. Who cares? <clears throat> this week is the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. It is, is another. Puerto Rico actually this week. It is. It's the alternate event. Um, Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. Rest in peace, Arnold Palmer. Make sure you drink your lemonade and tea this week. Uh, Another designated event, so the top guys are going to be in the field. Noah J. Picks. I will. I'll be. I will be throwing back uh, a little sweet tea lemonade combo. Actually, yeah, yeah, Noah. Let's just like over. Like, what's your what's your DraftKings looking like for this week? I tried to log in yesterday and it wouldn't let me. So maybe so I, I'll just. So obviously, just you know, right now. the way it works, we get fifty thousand of salary to use. Um, basically, all the top and, you, and we have six spots to fill. The top players are around you know ten, eleven thousand. My my preliminary lineup. I haven't set it yet. Mm. I was going with Scotty Scheffler. Okay. Um, who did I have next? Jason Day. Um, Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Keegan Bradley, uh, Adam Scott, I believe. And how many people do you get here? Let's Six? see, that might be it. Scott, Bradley, Fowler, um, shoot, Day, Scheffler. Uh, Cause it's clear Scotty's good at defending, right? Yeah. I don't want Noah to take all of my ideas though. Cause yep. we're in the same, I did have one more. So I think it was Fleetwood. I think Fleetwood was my last one. Um, I do just want to say John Rahm is the favorite in the field this week, plus six fifty betting odds. Yeah, um, he's the most expensive player in DraftKings. Kings. Um, Scotty Scheffler, I believe is plus 900. There was a guy whose name I just saw. Who's kind of a, he's kind of my dark horse here. He'd be my dark horse betting pick. Yeah. That's Sam Burns. Fitz. Oh, Sam Burns. Sam Burns okay. plus four thousand right. this week. Uh-huh. All right. So I, I kind of like. I would kind of like that for a bet if I was a gambling man. Here, so this is my this this is my subject to change lineup as of yep. now. Yep. Bradley, Day, Fleetwood, Fowler, Scheffler, Scott, Ricky plus sixty six hundred. Another guy that's kind of sneaky in there is uh, Shane Lowry at plus five thousand. All right, all right. All right. Tom Kim at plus five thousand as well. Here's what I here's what I got. Cameron Davis, Tommy Fleetwood, Kevin Kisner, Victor Hovland, Max Homa, and Rory. Hey, Kizzy, baby. Hey, Kizzy. I don't, I don't mind Hovland. I thought about it. He played I well here Ricky. last year. Um, Kiz, I don't <laughs> like that course fit at all. No, I just don't like Kiz as a golfer. Right he was now. cheap. Um, <laughs> he was cheap. What can I say? Uh, if you want a real deal on gambling – Throw like five dollars down on Kyle Westmerlin plus one hundred thousand. Oh my god! That would win you some money. Uh, but it's like, but it's there's just literally zero chance of it happening. Like there's better. You should might as well just go get a lottery ticket. You know, like Powerball. My my picks on I'm not on DraftKings, but just kind of my picks. Some guys I'm looking at here. I mentioned Sam Burns. Uh, 
I'm going to throw Sahith Tagala in there. I'm going to throw Ricky in there. Uh, JT. You know, I guess I'm just picking big names, but it is. I like Sahith that week. Or I like um, Sahith this week. I, I like that pick. Uh, yeah, other than that, you know, Taylor Montgomery's in the field. Another guy who we follow pretty intently on this show. Uh, we might have to get him on the show. This has been the longest outro yeah. in the history of podcasting. Yeah. Uh, and also, don't forget Danny Willett, former Master Champion in the field. Uh, I um, will forget Danny Willett. Padraig Harrington in the field, too. I saw Padraig Harrington. Last thought. Oh, my god. Padraig Harrington, 51 years old, hit 192 ball speed. No, dude, I watched his entire range session at the Sanford International last year. It absolutely blew my mind. He, like this was before he's going out to play a competitive tournament round. He hit at least thirty-five full-speed drivers. It was like the dude was absolutely grinding. It was like, but yeah. he did lose last week to Bernard Longer, who shot his age up. He's the best. Last week he, That's, he played in the Honda last week. He or didn't two even play the same something. event. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's, but Bernhard Longer. Okay, that's another thing we haven't even talked about. That Bernhard Longer is absolutely angering his putter. That is like hundred percent. That'll 100%. be a, that might have to be a discussion for a different day. Yeah, that'll be. Um, uh, I, I need I need the Champions Tour to step in and actually uh, yeah enforce some figure rules this out, here. Guys. But that's uh, a, that's a conversation for another day. That's that is a conversation for another day. Uh, this has been episode twenty two of the Bogey Train Pod. Again, follow us on our socials. Stay on the bogey train. Stay off the bogey train. Noah, Nick, thanks for joining. We out. I just got stuck in a bogey train. Mm-hmm.